Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Ooh, savage. I like to keep it real simple. Okay, this is the first time that I've done this, but I had to have her on the podcast. This is the first time I've had someone that I've met on TikTok that has come in the lives. Well, she she can tell you how long she's been coming in and out of the lives, but the past week, week and a half, when we did the back to school giveaway, I met the family that we kind of shared with you guys that we wanted to do some things with. And Jules, who's on the podcast today, said, wow, some of that stuff really resonates with me. And I just knew once her and I started talking that I needed to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Jules, officially to the podcast. Um, and it's up to you, like how much you want to talk about or any of those things. But how long have you been part of the Savage family? Uh, probably like everyone else, COVID 2020. I think uh, my kids introduced me to it. Um, first, I think it was like musically, and silly dances and, you know, the fun stuff. So I think it started then. And I was a watcher for a long time. I still don't have any posts up. Um, I really enjoy just engaging with, you know, people that make a positive day like yourself. So really for me, it's more just fun and supportive and, you know, get on there and try and support the positivity with the ones that are trying to spread. That's awesome. So what made you finally just be super active? Like, hey, hey, girl, I got a story to tell. You know, it was probably for me. When I started seeing that the lives became more frequent. So people started going, I wouldn't say in the last six to eight weeks, the lives have really ramped up. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just specifically with you. I followed you from the beginning. I mean, I've watched your hilarious to the comments. You know, I think everybody has. But 
you know, when you're when you're seeing the lies pop up constantly and there are people that you follow and there's a message that comes on and you're, you know, having a bad day or, you know, something's happening and you're you're just maybe, you know, sitting there or doing the dishes, you just hop on. And so once you're hopping on, you're seeing, you know, the conversations back and forth and the ha ha. And then you start becoming invested in the individual, right? The home. Somebody for so long. There's really only a couple of people I follow like their lives really frequently, um, and yours is one of them. So the positivity that you bring in when you said that last week, that was what resonated with me to reach out to you because you know I have a similar story, and I think that everybody you know should truly see you know that you know you can help, you can help, but you know even if it's even if it's just little things, you know, then positivity, saying a prayer, uh, whatever people believe in, you know, there's no judgment. So it's really just about, you know, being a community. Um, and I think the one thing that we're missing this day and age is pain and community. Mm-hmm. We're missing, you know, everybody, even though like we're in our phones with this, I feel like we're in our phones in this community. Right. No, it's so hard to explain to people when I'm like the savage fam. They're like, yeah, right. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, we know about each other's days. We know what people are doing. Like, I check in on people, but I haven't seen them or heard from them in a while. Like, I'm concerned. So it le- it legit is like a family. It is hard for people to understand that, that maybe not be, that they're not like in people's live feeds or like you said, they don't have that vested interest in someone. Like in some of the people that are in your lives, like I've become friends through TikTok, like, you know, just their comments are like that. They say, you know, they'll, they'll post it to me and they're like, Jules, you know, this. And then I'm like, Jules, that, right? And then like the whole story of like you and Josh and like everybody's following that, right? Where's that going to go? And oh my gosh, everybody's reading. And, you know, you see the comment. I mean, I've been on there since the very first time you guys wouldn't even do a peck on the that is hilarious that's hilarious (laughs) but just the positivity that it brings and and hearing the stories of somebody like you that's really trying to help when people have been in those situations you know and you know it's it's so hard to you don't want to tell the world necessarily like your full story but that story with the young boy really resonated and that art is what truly made me feel even a further connection where you see me involved almost daily with you right so and if it's not daily it's you know i'm still popping all eyes i'm still there like i'm still you know maybe it's not interaction community uh, communication directly but you know those are that's where it really at my heart and then you know of course you connected her and i we were able to speak and you know i think that it's important that people realize that that's happening around you know the world but specifically you know in our backyards it hit me it hit me hard because i just did my recap you know the weekly recap and i was talking about how we get as larger creators like we get all of these dms about help 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 which i don't have any issues with that but there are times where it just literally mentally brings you down right because you're like I want to help this person. I want to help that person. And then it also puts you in a tailspin of, okay, is this real? Is this not real? How do you vet this person? How do you not vet this person? So it's it's a weird place to be in to say that person could be lying to me or I know for a fact that person is lying. Like I would never go and be like, well, I'm going to go scam someone because that's what I'm going to do today. Like 
It's just not even in my thought process, but it sucks because that's what that's what we have to do as creators that keep getting stuff like kind of pushed on them. You know, when I get the request for $50 for diapers or, you know, for whatever, I'm like, do these people even have children? Like, it's just, it's a weird spot to be in. But getting getting DMs and knowing, like when I got this DM, it was, it was different. I'm in tears. I've got goosebumps. I'm like, I don't care what I have to do. I have to help this family. Like, I have to help this family. So it was just a whole different feeling of that. And the fact that it was like, look, I can give you as much proof as you want. You know, those types of people, I'm like, okay, I would call their bluff. You know what I mean? Like, here, I can show you proof. And if there's no proof, okay, that's easier. If I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, On this one, like, I wouldn't say anything to, to her until I had FaceTimed her. I didn't say, hey, I'm I'm helping. I'm not helping. I didn't say anything. I just said, hey, I'd like to get on a FaceTime, you know, call with you. And we were trying to do it through Instagram. So I don't like giving my number out. And eventually I was like, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and just call you. She's like, I promise I will never, ever call you. I promise whatever. And I called from someone else's phone. Um, but I wanted to be able, knowing that there was going to be a large amount and knowing that I wanted to do a video with the Savage family, I'm like, I have to, I have to actually like, see and talk to this person and not just go based on like dms and stuff so the more i learned about that as a recap if someone's not familiar that's listening right now i got a i received a dm that said there is a a boy a teenage boy who had been basically living on the streets with his mother and his mother happened to be doing certain things in front of him that i don't think any child should ever see um, and that just, that shook me when I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is out there. I guess I didn't realize the extent that it could go. Because as a mom, I'm like, well, I, I could never do that to my kiddo. So I, I guess I never really put it into, this is a huge problem. This is This goes on way more than anyone knows, right? It gets hidden and you know, kids fall through the system of, well, they're truant. Well, why are they truant? Well, because mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever is out doing X, Y, and Z. I did not know that was a problem. And then when you talked about it, I'm like, okay, we need to have this discussion. So if you want to share, that's totally up to you. Yeah. Well, you think about like, so like this, so many parents like put it this you know responsibility on a school and when they're trying you know they get these letters and god forbid they send this letter to you know an address that was on file or somebody's friend's address that they put just to go to that school you know through you know it kind of reminds me of the whole um story with um oh god thank you i'm drawing a blake for her name right now but um andrew bullock um, it brings me to the whole story where, like, you know, she took care of the kid and she took her in. He didn't have shoes at Big Mike and Canadians mm. of NFL player. What is the movie? Blindside. Blindside. So it kind of reminds me of that, right? Maybe, you know, where you see the house, like, where they lived. And you, you, know, you see that he's wearing broken shoes. And when he goes in, he likes this, you know, this funky or what I would call funky, you know, uh, shirt that's striped. And, you know, the, the things that are just so grateful and like when she shows him the bed and he's like that's mine like i've never had a bed before like all of those things 
you know, I wouldn't say that to my extent, like I had a, um, I had a wonderful, you know, I had a bed and I had a mom that loved me unconditionally, but unfortunately some of the, the things that resonate with me are, you know, having to overcome some of those, um, things that, um, happens when, when drugs or alcohol or addictions are involved. And, and unfortunately as a child, you're not so, you know, you, you don't know how to self-advocate. You don't know it any different. You don't know life is supposed to be any different. Right. Um, and as you're continuing to grow up and you find somebody that shows you a little different, which is why I think coaches are so important and teachers and, you know, our neighbors and checking on people because I do truly believe that, like, we miss so much. We're in our everyday lives. We're, you know, we're moving around and, you know, doing this and that. And we had a, a kid that hung out with our younger kids and, I had no idea that he was living with his grandma because his mom, you know, got put in prison and he had nothing and here she is trying to survive, you know, and that's our neighborhood thing. You know, we live in a nicer neighborhood and I'm just thinking to myself, like, if that's one kid, how many other kids are there? And, you know, my whole circle of friends, I have this group of amazing friends from um, middle school, actually, I would say elementary school, and we've all kept in contact even now. None of us have been in the same state, well, some, a couple couple hours away but you know we every year we get together and we do a girls trip like last year was vegas i know last year was here the year before was vegas and so we try and go somewhere every year on um, depending on what the schedule looks like and all of us had the similar bringing up um i remember one of them you know that they, they were scrounging for quarters to go to get hot dogs um you know just at the, at the local you know 7-eleven at the time and you know, I remember us drinking out of houses. I remember going to that house and staying the night and there's no electricity in the middle of summer and we're, you know, 115, 120 degrees um, wow. where, you know, a Friday night we're left alone and nobody comes home until Sunday. And, you know, I'm talking 10, 11 years old. So, um, you know, it, it, it really resonated with me for a lot of those reasons, um, personally and with the group of friends that I have found and all of us have insanely like turned off. Uh, I, yeah, I can't even explain to you where we're all at today versus where we were. So what would you say you were, you know, you're able to resonate. What would you say the things were, if you want to share that hit home with you in your own childhood? So I think the things that resonated with me in my own childhood was seeing things that I shouldn't have seen. Um, and not knowing that those weren't normal, um, and then growing up and wondering why I didn't think those things weren't normal, um, wondering why, you know, for me, why that, you know, everybody else was like, oh my gosh, and I'm just like, what, you know, going to Vegas for the first time was interesting, um, because I, you know, I first saw that some of those things were normal, and, and not, which things are, which things are you referring to? Um, just normal things you might see on a street, um, you know, activities that you might see happening, you know, hand-to-hand exchanges or so like drug exchanges. Yeah, uh, maybe naked girls getting their snacks for $5. Oh, wow. I've never been to Vegas, so I can't say that, that I know like what the strip line is like. Maybe my grandma might be a better idea where they flip Okay. I resonate with you. Uh, I forgot you're you're far away. Um, but yeah, so some of the things that you know when 
it, it's a shell shock for people that don't know what they're walking into go to Vegas and see. Um, and so now it's normal because I go all the time. But, um, you know, just really not seeing things that you shouldn't see. I, I remember, you know, I remember there was this one, you know, scenario and I'm not going to call out anybody, but, you know, a family member was, you know, in, in the house and I was in the house and, um, you know, unfortunately I just remember hearing right the, the wall, like getting hit and couldn't understand why. And somebody, you know, screaming things. And I was worried about this person and I was banging on the door and, and scared and, you know, not knowing what's going on and being told to go away. Um, and you know, that was young nine, right? That, that, that's not okay. You know, I, I do remember it as if it happened yesterday. So when you said this story about this young man and what he had went through, I was like, I'm down. I want to help. Like, how can I help? Like just, you know, one, he needs to get in counseling. Um, and I highly suggest, you know, counseling. That's what again, I've talked about. Yeah. When did you do counseling? When did you start? Honestly, not well, so I tried counseling and I, in my young 20s. Um, I'm 40, uh, this year. And, um, so I, uh, in my young 20s, I tried counseling and I tried counseling for the wrong reasons. I tried it to fix the immediate issue, um, of whatever was happening in my life at that time. Um, which if you're trying to go for, to solve something, you know, for immediate needs and they, you know, in it, and it's not helping either one, you don't have the right counselor or two, you know, there, there, there's deeper problems than what it is on the surface that you're trying to scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tried it two or three times when in my twenties, um, I, I would either say once in my early thirties, but it wasn't only until my mid thirties. I was not mad, I guess, younger thirties. So about seven years ago. And to this day, I would find myself to be, um, you know, freed of all of those feelings and those thoughts and loving and have great relationships um that have been rebuilt um with those people and um it took me a long time to get there and it took me a lot of love and understanding and realizing that you know that was not what was in their heart um but that that anything that's mine all training you know being is how somebody feels or what they're going through so how old were you when you I don't necessarily want to like put words in your mouth, but when you stepped away or kind of went on your own, how old were you? I was uh, 15 by four dates. So I was on my own. I um, went and stayed at a friend's house for a while. And then um, I had to drop out of high school because we lost everything we had. Uh, Everything, everything. So I owned nothing from the age of 15 before. Um, And so... I had the clothes on my back of my backpack and from there um I went and stayed with some friends and then mm, some relatives and then I got two jobs um morning and night I worked from 7 a.m until 9 30 p.m um Monday through Friday and then uh Saturdays I worked uh morning shift or morning afternoon shift and I had Sundays off and I became a manager at the age of 16. um I went and got one of those fake IDs so Back in the day, you could go to the check cashing places and it would say, this is not a valid state ID, but I, you know, said I was a year younger on my application or a year older on my application and nobody questioned it. So you just put that through with your, your social security card. And I had two jobs and I worked, I was not managing 300 people at the age of 16. And from there, I just, you know, continued to grow on my life. You know, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be classified in any certain, you know, um, 
I, I, I don't know how to word that. It's just, I really didn't want to be, I didn't in any category of what my life was going to be for the rest of my life. So I wanted to make my own way. And, you know, now I own my own business and, you know, we, a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, we, well, let's, let's go back. Let's go back before, before we jump to what you're doing now. Cause I want everybody to know what you're doing and we'll dive into that. But you're, you're 15, you get a job, you say, I'm breaking a mold. I'm not going to be put in this bucket. This is not who I am. What do you think attributed to you thinking that way and flipping that switch? Knowing that I didn't want what was currently happening to continue. Okay. So you're like, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to just bust my butt, work, work, work. And it just didn't look back. It literally was my first job was Subway and Little Caesars. And I knew I didn't want fast food. But before I left that job, I got another job. And, you know, I, I just realized that there was a different way. There was another way. That's awesome. So you're 16, you're out on your own, you're doing your thing. To early 20s happen, which good on you for even thinking about counseling that young. Because when you're in your early 20s, you're still, you know, figuring things out altogether. So the fact it didn't work, that's okay. The fact you even thought about it, I think is is amazing. So you work 16 through how old? How old did you start? <laughs> how old were you when you got married? Um, I was 34 when I got married. Okay. So you were just grinding, grinding, grinding until you got married. You own... How many companies? I got married at 25 and that did not work out. Um, and that, so we are a blinded family. And then um, I am with my current husband, who I love to death. And yes, we um, we have two retail locations and a wholesale location for branding. Um, but that is what allows us to help so much um, because we send clothing to, you know, different companies, different organizations, donations, um, you know, we're able to, to help in any way, which is where the backpacks thing came in from the school thing originally. <laughs> I ordered extra backpacks. I told you that, right? I had ordered these backpacks for some back to school for, for kids and, you know, they're Nike backpacks and I have them sitting here and I'm like, but I need to go to the phones and they'll be used and shorter. Um, but you know, I have some of them left and I'm like, I could just send those to you, you know, and you can send them out to whoever you want. I don't need a name on it. Just send them to you and you can put them in the packages. Um, and that was something we had talked about. So you know, we just try and help wherever we can because I know how hard it was growing up, you know, using the same backpack, you know, two or three years in a row. Or, you know, when you're older, you know, when I was on my own, gosh, pinching every penny. When you have two jobs and you're making minimum wage, you know, you have to pay. I was living in one of those monthly suites places that, you know, they were the living rooms are the same room as the kitchen. That's the same room as the bathroom. That's the same for everyone. So I need to go that. And did you have to cut your family off at all? I mean, here you are working, working, working. Did your family come back and ask for any help at any point in time? Um, yeah, so there, um, I wouldn't, the word cut off, I don't like to use. I would say I put uh, strong boundaries. Okay. Um, never, never have I cut off. Um, and I think that that's important for everybody to know as well, because it's not really them. And those, in these scenarios, it's not them. It's, it's not, you know, it's not me. It's not you in those scenarios. You're mind altered. So it's not, it's not, yeah, there's a choice that that person has made, but it's still not who they are. It's not necessarily their heart. 
So cut off it, you know, is a really strong word. But uh, yes, definitely strong boundaries, uh, years of not talking to and or seeing, but um, but there whenever needed. And there was, you know, as we discussed on um, our last call, I think it was that, you know, I had to make some really strong boundaries, especially when I had kids. Um, when I had kids, like I, you know, it was no longer me. So I had, of course, I had my, you know, okay, I, I can see what's going on, but I wasn't going to allow my kids around any of that, you know? And so they, they, this, these people had to reintroduce themselves into my life in a healthy manner. And for some time they did and, you know, things went back and forth. And so, you, you know, life changes and, you know, things happen. And I'm happy to say that, you know, here I am host and including still with my counselor who I would not change for the world has been the best fit ever, um, you know, seven years later. And I was able to create great relationships. Um, and that's partially from seeing things from their point of view during that time frame. you know, not really, that's another thing, putting the glasses on through somebody else's eyes to see what people view is, is huge. Like your beliefs might not be my beliefs, but that doesn't make your beliefs wrong. Right. You know, your, your thoughts, um, how you were brought up is uh, a strong indication of who you are. That doesn't mean I was brought up the same way. That doesn't mean that I believe that, you know, so um, putting the glasses on through somebody else's eyes, somebody that might be more direct, might come off as arrogant or rude or mean, where somebody that is outgoing and yellow and sunshine, like I would say you and I some people find that annoying. Some people find that like overbearing and you know, but then sometimes, you know, when somebody talks to me and they say something, they're, you know, to the point and like strict on like, oh, well, okay. Like, what? Right. Sorry. Like, That's not what I meant by that. Well, and yeah, sometimes you don't know because there's, it was funny, Josh and I were talking about that. He's like, well, sometimes your delivery, I'm like, okay, I have, and I listed off like 30 things that I had going on, like no exaggeration. And I said, sometimes when I just have to quickly tell you something, I don't have time to put baby bumpers around it. He's like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm like, I, I'm just telling you, I don't necessarily have that in my head. I'm like 30,000 miles an hour, naming everything off. So I think you are right when you can kind of take a step back or good communication is in that mix, right? Like whether it's a work relationship or whatever, when there's good communication in there and and someone can read cues, right? Like if someone comes to you, it was super direct and it was like super harsh. If you're paying attention and you see them recoil, then you realize, okay, that was probably on. That's a little too hard. That was a little much. But yeah, you're right. Being able to see it from a different perspective. And that's what makes each one of us unique. So I do have this question. Your family members, have you, I'm sure that you have, but have you talked to them about going into counseling and have they done counseling? Uh, Yes and no. Okay. Um, So some yes and some no. Um, but never together. Um, it's never been a together. Um, we kind of came to terms with life is too short and mm-hmm. um, it, it went on for so long that unfortunately, you know, I didn't want to waste any more time now that that relationship was healthy, that per- those people were healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they did the work that they needed to do to get where they're at. And, you know, God forbid they ever go back to that path, then that's a different discussion. But at this time, it's been years. And, um, you know, if I continue to dwell on that, then I might not get, 
you know, more time. Um, so I had to make the decision that, you know, sorry was is sorry. It was heartfelt. Uh, the love would never change. The love was always there. Um, just didn't know how to show it um, in those times of needs. And, you know, that's, that's huge. That's huge to be able to, to recognize that, you know, that, that person wasn't that person during that time frame. Um, and it, it's happened to me even in my adulthood, you know, I, I had a person that I, I trusted um, as a, a parent figure um, that was great through all of my life. And it was an amazing role model or, you know, figure. And, um, you know, some things happened in my young 30s and it was due to drugs. And this was never a drug user. I've never in my life tried a drug. I, I won't. It's like a, a pre-pregnancy scare. Like somebody gets pregnant super young and you're like, oh, not doing that. <laughs> um, I've never, <laughs> yeah, I've never, uh, I'm too scared. Like I, it's a scare. And now I think, right? Right. Right. <laughs> that I've never, I'm 40 and I'm not, I can honestly, hand to God, never, never try to try. Right. So. No, same. But that's hard to say. And I think a lot of it, like what you obviously saw when you were younger a lot of things you shouldn't have seen um i saw some things when i was younger that i didn't like either and that has led me i've never been drunk in my life and people are like there's no way there's no way there's no way like i've never been drunk i had a neighbor at 13 years old that skipped school and was drinking and literally got shot and killed and i was maybe nine at that time i'm not gonna ever forget that and I just remember thinking this, I equated alcohol equaled that. So the longest time I was like, no. And then I would watch my friends drink and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're morons. Like they cannot hold their liquor. And, you know, I mean, they're teenagers, whatever. So I'm like, I can't, they can't do that. Then I had other friends pass away for drinking and driving. So it just was something that when I saw that stuff, I kept attributing that. And I was like, I'm, I just don't really care. I don't want any part of that. I don't care what other people do, but myself, I'm like, this is not what I want to do. This is what I learned and, and that's totally fine. So I would imagine that's probably the same for you, seeing the drug usage and seeing how it changed people and seeing how it affected your family and your relationship and just how they function. I'm sure you wanted no part of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just seeing like the crowd it brought around and the things that happened. And, you know, as time goes on, I feel, you know, more and more comfortable sharing you know, some of these things, my, obviously my inner circle of family and friends, you know, they, they have been there through all life, right? So they know, but, you know, as I get older, I, I find that it's a little easier to share some of these things, you know, the, when I was younger that I had to go through is so that they realized that even as an adult, this, this other person, um, that was, you know, trustworthy in my family that ended up going down the wrong path. You know, and that was a figure through those times that I went through with that other person was somebody to lean on. And then they got hit by, you know, the addiction and, you know, hearing all that and seeing all that unfold in front of me. And this person did, you know, time for their, for their crimes mm -hmm. and just, just watching their life unravel from an amazing nice and an amazing um, situation and unraveled um, in, in their forties. And I was in my young thirties and, um, I guess they were in their mid forties to late forties. Um, and so just seeing that, you know, just like, well, it can happen at any time. It doesn't necessarily have to, I mean, our poor use, but that really can happen at any time. And, 
it, it takes one time to get addicted. You know, it takes one time to, um, to, to go down the wrong path. And that's unfortunate. And people in this day and age, like the mental health, we, I don't think we talk about it enough. Right. Um, in society. I don't think that that, I think people blow it off. Like, you know, everybody talks about like the millennials and the Gen X and the Gen Z and the, you know, baby boomers and, you know, the baby boomers that were all about, you know, the, the, I don't know if I could say about the 360 or the four. You can say whatever you want on here. It's not TikTok. So yeah, not knowing any of that. Right. So just whatever, you know, it, our, our parents and then they indulged in trying, you know, different things in the, you know, seventies and eighties, you know, you saw the big fan of things try then and then you saw things, you know, elevate them. It just continued and continued and continued. And, everybody kind of had their way in my opinion again these are all just things that i've seen or you know things i i've witnessed i should yes should say yeah just my thoughts but you know you you think about what they went through in life and how they handled it well how they handled it is part of the reason why we don't talk about why mental health is such an issue now because they they had those mental health problems that didn't, didn't just all of a sudden appear um, those mental health issues have been there all along, but people, you know, manifested in different ways and then they, they hoped with it in different ways. Well, it's scary now. I mean, think about it. I, I live that life of being on public display, right? And the good piece when it comes to my relationship or my family, I pick and choose what I put out there because of the privacy. Like I want some privacy. I want some of that anonymity you know, just to have a quote unquote, a little piece of normalcy. Uh, but think about these, th think about these kids. I think about my son. I'm like, I don't want to get him a phone. And someone was making a comment to me the other day about, I just let my son get on Snapchat. And I was like, oh, and my face does not hide, right? Like it does not hide how I feel at all. A hundred percent. So I was like, oh, they're like, why is that bad? I'm like, you want the truth? And, you know, I was like, you don't really know me. So I'm a truth teller. And they're like, yeah. I said, no, I would never let my kid have that. Well, I shouldn't say never, right? Like when he's older, what night, whatever. Right now, that would not be an app I would get because people are thinking, oh, if I snap it. Okay, let me, let me say this. If my it is wanting that app because he thinks he is safe for sending pictures that no one else will ever see. That's a huge problem because there's too many ways, too many ways that what you do and what you say is going to either get twisted or whatever is supposed to be done in private is, is going to come to light. So this is the world that our kids live in is we are pretty much asking these kids to be damn near perfect. You got to be perfect because if you step out of line, if you make a mistake, if you send one bad text, if you send one bad picture, if you said, now I'm not excusing that. I'm not saying, oh my goodness, like I'm not saying if it is something horrendous, it is, if it is something like I'm not trying to excuse any of that behavior whatsoever. What I'm saying though is let's say someone makes a comment to someone and it's just kind of in fun or what have you and it's lighthearted and someone twists it and turns it and whatever else that's the difference or if they do make a mistake and you know say they call someone an asshole like let's say well my teacher was an asshole today 
and that give it back to the teacher. And then, it, you know, it's those things that we're asking our kids to be perfect and not have any room for error. That's scary. Mental health wise, that is scary for these kids. That's what really gets me when it comes to social media, when it comes to all the filters or sorry, all the apps. I should say filters, but filters are along with it, right? Anyone can kind of change pictures and change things. So it's a it's a very interesting world. And I'm thankful that I'm on the social media side because I understand it a smidge more now than when, you know, before COVID. So I can kind of help my son a little bit, but it's mental health is is real. I'm super thankful for the counselor that I see. And like you said, you found one that's a really good fit for you. I think that's super key too. And I plan on keep going. To your point for that, like I think, I don't want to say keeping a kid in a bubble, not you specifically, a person keeping their children. I have children. Um, and you only have one. <laughs> you know how many kids I have. <laughs> so I, you know, keeping them in a bubble as much as you can um, in certain areas, but then you communicating with them. So you telling it, right? I think that that's something that our parents, at least in my generation, a lot of our parents didn't tell us. Right. Um, you know, they kind of skipped over. And so my kids, like, it's not an age limit thing with me. All of my kids will tell you nothing is an age limit. I don't set an age limit. I don't say, okay, by the time you're 13, okay, by the time you were 16, okay, by the time you're nine. I don't say those things. I say, when you are responsible enough, when you can show me X, Y, and Z, when you can, you know, do this. Um, so in my household, how I run things is it's not necessarily you know, one 13-year-old might be way different than the next 13-year-old. And, you know, that is so important to communicate and they are hearing it. They, regardless of social media or having a phone or watching YouTube or, you know, it's around them. As much as we want to keep them secure and safe, it's around them. And so communicating with our kids and telling them, you know, this is this is the reality of what we live in. Uh, this is what you're going to see. And just because you see it, it's not monkey see, monkey do. And how you said, I like the baby bumper. I use, uh, you know, I don't candy cut things. You know, I'm going to see an extra layer over it. I don't candy cut it. You know, what you see is what you get. Um, I've done those personality tests where it kind of shows you, you know, where you're at at work, where you're at with friends, where you are in your personal life. And all of mine are within the same exact dot. Like career, like see is what you get. And so, um, I am more of an emotional being. I will say that. Like I, I have to. I've worked on that for years to not care so much. And you and I talked about that too, right? Like we just we do care so deeply, but having boundaries around your caring is also very important. So, well, yes, we had that conversation, especially around the giving and and things like that. That definitely it shakes you a little bit because you you have a big heart. You want to do you want to do things. But you also have to set up those boundaries. That, okay, I've been burnt. I see this. I can see this now. Time to put the stop sign up or time to say, okay, we're going to pause until I feel better about this situation or or not. So having the platform that I have, I want to make sure if I am leading people and saying, hey, this family or this person or this group or whatever it might be, I've done a little due diligence beforehand, the best that I possibly can. I don't want to steer anyone down the wrong path. And it's honestly why I've never come straight out and said, I want to help one individual or this specific family right here. We have to all come together and do X, Y, or Z. Just because that's a lot 
that's a lot to ask the Savage fam, right? That's that's just a lot. So you said that because I was on for that that real time moment. And when you were telling the story, and I think I was one of the first ones that was like, I have never seen you. Like, not only was I balling, but a lot of your like we were all balling in that video and then or in that live. And then on top of that, you know, just talking to some of your mutual followers and, you know, just hearing that story, how much everybody wanted to help. Um, I think a lot of it, not just vetting, but I think, you know, your instincts, you know, your instincts yeah. like a big thing. Like, right? But I'm very careful too, because as much as I want to help someone else, I want to protect my savage family. I don't want to, you know, I would feel horrible. Hey, we're going to go help. We're going to go do this. And then it turn out, you know, it turn out wrong or it turn out bad or, or what have you. So that's definitely down on Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I gotta be, I gotta be really, really careful. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming on and having the conversation because it's not every day that you meet someone that has that same background and that can understand. And it's not every day that you meet someone that has a background and they're willing to come on and say, hey, you know, at 15, I had the clothes and the backpack on my back and I went and I worked my ass off to get to where I am and decided I'm not going to take that same path. I'm going to break the cycle. And I've said this before. I've had friends that their parents were abused and they started down that same path. And I'm like, you know what? When you have daughters, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to continue down this and hope they don't continue down you know, that same path? Or are you going to break the cycle now so then they don't have to worry about breaking the cycle too? So I want to commend you for having just the courage at 15 to be able to say, I'm going to go do this on my own and bust your tail to get to where you are. So thank you for telling us your story. And like I said, I'm, I'm proud of you for not giving up and, and being who you are. Like it, it's amazing. Last piece. And then uh, obviously no podcast, we got to go, but um, I will leave the one last thing is you, you can always be better than you were the day before. And so that might mean the smallest thing. It could absolutely, it nothing changes in an instance, but tiny baby steps. The reason why we're babies and we're, we're either breastfed or bottle fed before we get food, before we crawl, then we start to walk and then we get all of that happens for a reason. And that's the same thing that I can attribute to um, how you change a cycle, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It's baby steps and it's knowing that you can always be better. I don't care how great your upbringing was. I don't care how bad your upbringing was. You can stop the cycle right now. You can stop it and you can say, tomorrow, I'm going to do this to make a change. And the next day, I'm going to do this. And, you know, you can fall backwards and still go forwards. And so I will just, that has been tremendous in my life is setting goals. I'm a goal setter. I'm a goal getter. Um, and I truly believe that you can be better. You never use who you were or what you did as an excuse because you can I love that so much. Thank you again for coming on. I loved having you. Absolutely loved having you. And thank you for being such a big part of the Savage family. Sounds good. And on that note, you guys, we're out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.